If you're listening to this, then you likely already know that being an independent musician can be a lonely road. And maybe your friends and your family just don't fully understand why you do what you do or why you invest so much time, energy, and, and money towards achieving your music goals. And especially early on, it can be hard to find people who really understand what you're trying to accomplish and how to make it happen. Uh, so that's where Modern Musician comes in. My name is Michael Walker, and you know I can understand and relate to that feeling. I've been there myself, and so has our team of independent artists. And the truth is that basically everything good in my life has been the result of music. It's the reason I met my wife. It's why I have my three kids. It's how I met my best friends. And now with Modern Musician, we've seen so many talented artists who started out with a dream, with a passion, but without really a fan base without a business and be able to take that and turn it into a sustainable full-time career and be able to impact hundreds of thousands, even millions of fans with their music. And we've had thousands of messages from artists who told us that we've helped change their lives forever. And it just gets even more exciting and fulfilling when you're surrounded by a community of other people who get it and who share their success and their knowledge with each other openly. And so if you are feeling called to make your music a full-time career and to be able to reach more people with your music, then I want to invite you to join our community so that we can support your growth and help lift you up as you pursue your musical dreams. You'll be able to interact in a community with other high-level artists, coaches, and industry professionals, as well as be able to participate in our daily live podcasts, meet these amazing guests, and get access to completely free training. If you'd like to join our family of artists who truly care about your success, then click on the link in the show notes and sign up now. People always talk about this, like, oh, I was an overnight success, but it's really, you know, it was a 10-year overnight success. It was, you know, six months of outreach and prep and, and organization to get that done. So the first day that really started paying off and people's responses were just so overwhelming. And I think we raised like 15, 15K in the first day. That was really when I was like, okay, well, if this is how it's starting. I think we're okay. <laughs> it's easy to get lost in today's music industry with constantly changing technology and where anyone with a computer can release their own music. But I'm going to share with you why this is the best time to be an independent musician and it's only getting better. If you have high quality music, but you just don't know the best way to promote yourself so that you can reach the right people and generate a sustainable income with your music, we're going to show you the best strategies that we're using right now to reach millions of new listeners every month without spending 10 hours a day on social media. We're creating a revolution in today's music industry, and this is your invitation to join me. I'm your host, Michael Walker. All right, so I'm excited to be here today with Savannah Pope. Savannah is an award-winning rock singer-songwriter who boasts stunning lyricism, vocal power, and stage presence. And she's also one of my first clients that I ever had at Modern Musician. And she's someone that I had the opportunity to work with personally. And oh, she's just she's just awesome. She's like wickedly talented. And really just a true artist, you know, and like in all senses of, of the word. I think that a lot of like her, her image and her music is very iconic and, you know, and she's also a voice for, for mental health is one thing that I really appreciate about the platform that she's built. And she actually finished raising $62,272 for her new album, Pandemonium, on Kickstarter, which is really impressive. And so I asked her if, if she'd be willing to come on to our podcast and just share a little bit about her process and her journey through that Kickstarter campaign so that she could share some lessons or what, what she gained from the experience. And so I'm super excited to have her on here to be able to talk a little bit more. So Savannah, thanks for taking the time to be here today. Hey, Michael. Lovely to be here. Always a joy to see you and chat with you. 
Oh, yeah. Awesome. So to start out with, I would love to kind of like zoom back to when we first connected and we first started working together. And maybe you could just share a little bit of details about your starting point and just sort of like, yeah, where did you start from? And what would you say was sort of the biggest challenge that you were going through when you're initially getting started? Yeah, we, let's see, I started working with you not long before the pandemic and I had just gone solo and I just released my first single and a music video that I spent, I got hit by a car and then I, it took a long time to figure out exactly how that is, what I needed to do to like fix my body <laughs> after that oh, no. lovely experience. So I ended up having to get surgery, like a pretty intense surgery on my knee. And so I ended up having um, a lot of downtime. Like it was really, really difficult. I, I couldn't walk for a while. So I just spent a lot of time. I had shot this music video and I had this massive, incredibly ambitious idea. And I was sort of just beginning to play around with motion graphics animation. I've always been a, a good editor, but I wanted to kind of take it to the next level. So I spent a year making this music video, like frame by frame, essentially as a way to learn animation. And so I had that and I put that out and that had just come out and gotten some great press. So it's- What was the name of that, that video? Creature. You made that yourself? Yeah. Oh my gosh. How did I not even know that, Savannah? <laughs> that's amazing. Holy cow. Thank you. Yeah. I mean, that's been like a big part of my calling card is that I I do I started out as a visual artist actually before really becoming going full time as a musician. Um that tracks. That, yeah. that definitely adds up. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, so that was I had just kind of finally put my stuff out solo. I was coming up. Like I said, I'd been hit by a car. I was like coming out of a really rough time uh, of being like my band broke up. My I couldn't walk. I was just like, I felt very lost. And so I was like, you know what? I'm going to go solo. I'm going to put my own name on this. I'm just going to go for it. Like rip off the bandaid and see if that, see if that makes me feel a little bit more like in my own body, <laughs> if that makes any sense. And so I had just done that and I was starting to get some good traction, but I just felt totally like a babe in the woods. I didn't, I wanted to empower myself a little bit and learn some tools. So I started working with modern musician and learning all of this crazy stuff. I was part of the first generation and it's so amazing to see how, how much it's changed and grown and how much, how much you've streamlined the process. I mean, I, I'm, glad I came in in the beginning because I feel like I had to learn some sort of high level stuff. Like I had to learn a bit of coding. I had to learn all the stuff that was really intimidating to me. And it was kind of perfect timing during the pandemic to just dig in and learn all of this crazy stuff and all of these new technologies really cutting edge. And yeah, that's, I mean, that's been a massive boon to my fan base and to just feeling supported as an artist and that was a huge factor in me doing this crowdfund because I felt like I had a community I built like a I have a private community of like my most dedicated fans now where I I I mean I try to be as personable and as loving with all my fans as I can you know because I I would say my brand is sort of like 
like a home for the weirdos. <laughs> That's what I provide. And a little a little castle for us strange beings to to run around in. The creatures. And the creatures, exactly, yeah. And then within that I have, you know, my most my most dedicated fans, the ones who just want to talk to me all the time and the ones who are really, really engaged. And I have a little group and they've bought a lot of my merch. They've given me a lot of great feedback. And because of that, I felt a lot more empowered to take this giant step. Bear in mind, I was still really scared to do that. (laughs) Yeah. Let's, let's talk about that a little bit. I mean, I think that for most of us, the biggest obstacle, the biggest challenge we kind of come up against is, is our own fear and actually like kind of putting ourselves out there. So maybe you could talk a little bit about that process of when it comes to like the crowdfunding campaign going into it, what would you say is like sort of the, the biggest challenges that you're running into and how do you kind of initially take that leap to decide to even start it? Yeah. I mean, I, I think you hit it right on the head that the biggest challenge is fear. And I think there's a lot of pressure, you know, like I also, I also talk a lot about, you know, body image and a lot of different, a lot of different things as an artist, just things that I deal with that I try to talk a little bit more openly about just to make it a safe space for other people to talk about. And also just to, just to be a little bit more genuine, because I don't want to, you know, it takes a lot of energy to go out there on social media and as an artist and pretend to be somebody else. Like I don't have, I try to do that for like a year in junior high school and it was not effective. (laughs) Ever since I was 14, I'm like, look, I'm just a weirdo. Like, it's just, it's who I am. And you've got to, you've got to live in that, you know, you've got to celebrate that. And yeah, I think for me, the biggest challenge was absolutely being really afraid and putting it off for a while because I had wanted to do it for probably two years before I actually did but I was really scared. I was like, no, you know, and I was like, nobody's going to care. It's going to look really arrogant to ask people for money for this. And, and I was sort of waiting for the moment when I felt confident enough to do so. And I think that was really the biggest mistake that I made in retrospect. And what really changed for me is I, I was going through like everyone, you know, depression and stuff in, in the middle of the pandemic, just feeling really isolated. And that's been mental, mental health has been a big thing for me throughout my life. It's something that was very, you know, hidden because 10 years ago, when you tried to sell, tell somebody that you were feeling that way, they were like, there's this saying in Spanish, de eso no se habla. this we do not speak. And I think that really kind of encapsulates what I faced when I tried to talk about it before. And I had been wanting, again, to write about that and to put that out there, but I was sort of waiting for the confidence to do it. And then a a friend of mine took his own life. And it was really, really, it really struck me. And it really, it was the last person I would have expected it from. And I've had several friends who've gone through it in the last year and a half. You know, we've all lost a lot of people. I've had lost several friends to this and it was always the people that I wasn't worried about. And it really showed me that the stigma of being like, if I talk about this, people are going to think I'm crazy. They're not going to want to work with me. They're not going to like me. Like I need to be confident enough to just move past it is really what, what kills people. 
And so I, I started writing about it. And the conclusion I came to with my crowdfund was like, um, and somebody, I can't remember who said this to me. <laughs> it's really funny. I remember it as a, an elderly Irish man, but I'm sure it wasn't, but that's, <laughs> so that's why I'm going to hold it in my mind. But someone said to me, you know, it's not about confidence. It's about vulnerability. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's not about being like, you know, most people who put themselves out, out there aren't like, I'm the best thing in the world. I mean, you know, you have some who are like, you know, megalomaniacal narcissist, which is its own, its own <laughs> mental illness, but that works for a lot of people in terms of their careers, you know, whatever, for a while. But in my case, it just made me realize, like, it's just about having, being willing to be vulnerable rather than having the being like, oh, I'm so confident. And it was sort of pinpointing that difference that was really helpful to me. And, and that's really what I was like, this is the, that's what this album is about. This album is about mental illness and just removing the stigma around or taking on the stigma that surrounds talking about it, not just for people listening, but just also for myself. It's like an exercise in, in taking that on for me and hopefully in the process, making it safe for other people other people to talk about that as well and just not feel like it's the entire defining thing about them. And yeah, so that's kind of how I framed the crowdfund. That's really what, how it took shape. And I was, I mean, I was super nervous about putting something that personal out there and and making it all about that. And but I honestly think that's really what appealed to people is because people can, people can sense when something's really genuine. You know, you can fake, I've watched a lot of those, not a lot because I think they're really mean, but I've watched a couple of those like artist competition shows. And <laughs> I just always feel like it's some producer telling them what to say about, you know, what happened to them in their life. <laughs> And I, you can, uh, to me, I, there's a difference between that and just being like, hey, this is, this is genuinely really hard for me and this is what I want to do with it. And yeah, so I think that's honestly probably one of the main factors of what made the crowdfund successful is that it was just something that was really genuine. It was about, it was really about something. It wasn't just like, hey, help me get ahead in my career. It was like, hey, help me move through this and send this message out to the world. Mm. That's amazing. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's such a powerful message and a platform that, that you've built in in multiple different ways. Like when when you described your community and how it's like a home, a home for the weirdos or for the creatures, you know, and, and when it comes to mental health and depression and, and sort of feeling the shame or feeling this, like we have to like hide something like that, it seems like that's such a powerful place for music to really come in and to kind of bring us together and shine a light on some of those things that we feel like we have to repress or not really able to fully express. And so you've really kind of created this this voice for people that might not have have had it within them originally to you know to be able to express that or at least like they needed some external validation to be like, hey, like it's okay for me to be who I am. It's okay for me to be hurt or broken or depressed and be able to express that. So what a, what a powerful movement that you were able to, to help facilitate. 
thank you. Yeah, I mean, it's been honestly before I launched it, I was I was apoplectic. I was like, this is what if because Kickstarter is an all or nothing platform. It's it's really harrowing. So like my initial goal was 35k just to record the album and to do some of the videos. And you know, to me, that's a lot of money. And I was nervous about not reaching that goal. Uh, and, you know, thank goddess or Beelzebub or whatever. And we <laughs> far, far exceeded that. And so that was a really, really cool experience. And, and just definitely really my favorite. I mean, there were people who gave good amounts of money, which was really surprising to me, gave like good chunks of money. And then also what really moved me is that there were people who really didn't have a lot of money who like pulled together because they really love my work or they really believed in the message, usually a combo of both. And they, they put money in, you know, they got their friends together and put money in. I just thought that was, that was the one that really hit me. I was just like, Oh, you guys, (laughs) 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 you got me right in the heart. Yeah. So it's pretty cool. Pretty cool. That's that's so awesome. Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> Kickstarter especially, you know, it feels like it's probably like a, almost like a trust fall, right? Where it's like you start falling in and it's scary. You have to put yourself out there. And when was the moment that you realized that, wow, like, you know, that, that trust fall, like there was people who were there, who were there to support you and that you were going to make it, you know, what was, what was that moment? And do you remember like, what did that, what did that feel like? Yeah, it was actually the first day. So the launch day was the day that we that I raised the most money. And that's because I put in just an exorbitant amount of prep work. I also, you know, as I work as I learned through Modern Musician, you know, I sought out people who knew what they were doing and just listened to them and adapted that to to my brand, to my art. And so I I had been working with this company called The Kickstarter Guy. <laughs> and who'd been recommended to me by a friend and a, a filmmaker. They usually work with filmmakers. And so I got in a call with them and I said, hey, would this work for music? And they said, oh, hell yeah. And so I started working with this lovely, lovely girl there, Melanie. And she kind of just helped me along every step of the way. And so it was a long time, a lot of prep, a lot of prep of reaching out to people beforehand. Like I built a whole team of people who are reaching out to all of their people you know, just making sure I had a lot of support. And uh, so on launch day, there was all, you know, people always talk about this, like, oh, I was an overnight success, but it's really, you know, it was a 10 year overnight success. It was, you know, six months of outreach and prep and and organization to get that done, which is not natural to me. Like I'm not a very organized person. So (laughs) I'm really proud of myself. (laughs) And so I, yeah, so the first day that really started paying off and people's responses were just so overwhelming. And I think we raised just like 15, 15 K in the first day. Mm. Wow. And that, yeah, that was really, that was really when I was like, okay, well, if this is how it's starting, mm. I think we're okay. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. So, so it sounds like, you know, this is something that wasn't just sort of like a, like, Hey, like this is an idea. And like, like, you know, you put some serious strategy and work behind it and making sure that you reached out to your contacts that you made it a success. 
So maybe maybe now we can dive a little bit into some of the takeaways that you had or what you feel like really kind of moved the needle in terms of that process. If someone's listening to this right now and they're you know a musician who's considering at some point doing a crowdfund, what would we say are maybe three to five of the biggest kind of overall phases or steps that you would recommend for them to be able to do it successfully? Sure. First, I would say the most important thing is to figure out what your messaging is and, you know, just have it be something that you genuinely care about, you know, not just, hey, I want to do something like, hey, I want to do something because, and I would say that's the most, that's probably the most essential thing is to know what it's about and mm. to care about it. Secondly, I, yeah, and I, I want to just zoom in zoom on that really quick. Cause I feel like <laughs> that's so, so important. Like what you're saying is it's, it's really about like what kind of like finding the why or kind of like the purpose behind it or the messaging mm-hmm. or like, what's it all about? For what about for someone? I mean, I feel like there's probably a lot of people who might be listening or watching this who are kind of thinking about their own lives and their own stories, and and maybe this is a part that they really struggle with. Is they're just like, like they they feel like, well, I'm not really that special. I don't have anything that unique about me, or like what you know, how like I don't really have a story to tell. What what would your advice be for someone like that? Like, do you, do you think that everyone does have like something like something special like that they can have as the why? Or how do you recommend that they, that they find that they really dive deep into their their why? Hmm. God, that's so personal for every person. That's hard to. Yeah. That's difficult to just throw out conjecture wise. But I can really only speak from experience, which is in in my in my experience, I had to kind of look at what this piece of work was about because every artist is making a body of work uh, that has some kind of central theme. Mm. And then what does that theme mean to you and your life? Mm. Um, and I would say that that's how I found it. Yeah, that, that's good. And yeah, I mean, what, what comes to mind as, as we talk about this too is the, you know, the artist identity session, the artist identity work that it's really kind of all about looking at your own life and looking at your story, looking at who you are and sort of identifying what were like some of the major moments in your life or the biggest challenges or struggles or the most painful things that you've ever gone through, your greatest moments of joy and kind of, and it's probably a process that's pretty definitely personal to everyone. Everyone is, you know, different. Everyone has their own thing, but at, at the same time, it's such like a powerful way to drill in on our own purpose as being like a musician overall, right? Of just like, why am I making music or why am I making this album? What is it? What is it for? And just asking the question, why, you know, it's like, is just a really powerful way to kind of go deeper into that. And I've heard the idea before of like, doing like the three whys or the five whys or basically you just keep asking why and when Mm -hmm. you get the answer like you ask why again so it's like why am i doing this well because i want to get xyz well why do you want xyz well because i want to xyz well why do you want xyz well because i want xyz well why do you want xyz well because i've i've uh feel like i'm not like there's this feeling of not enoughness. <laughs> like I've always felt like I've not, or it's, it's this feeling of wanting fulfillment or this feeling of wanting 
to contribute or provide or, you know, like it almost like all kind of comes down to a feeling, right? Mm. And yeah, everyone has like a different, a different, you know, sort of driver based on their experiences. But, but I think that, yeah, just, sorry to kind of cut you off and go like down a rabbit hole on this one point, <laughs> but, but I think that that is such an important one that for a lot of people, they might not fully take that seriously enough. And so when they you know, get started doing something, they don't really have a good purpose or good like mission or motivation. And so it's just hard to communicate and really like move, move people. Yeah. I mean, we live in a world where we're constantly trying to feel good. You know, we're constantly, we're, we live in a, a world that's at a dopamine level of 5,000 already just because it's constant stimulus. And so to mm-hmm. dive below that and to, and to look at where, where everything comes from, it's, it kind of sucks. Like it wasn't a fun process <laughs> to look at that. You know what I mean? Like, you know, making yeah. an, making an album about how I like wanted to kill myself isn't, isn't a great time in, in concept. But then once, once I like kind of let that out, I was like, okay, I'm going to have a good time with this. Like a lot of my graphics were kind of fun. You know, I was like, I have to have a sense of humor in this. I have to not take myself too seriously. I have to enjoy this process. So honestly, kind of by embracing what's difficult about it, it helps me to enjoy it, if that makes any sense. And then also I was struck by what you said about, you know, worrying that you're not unique enough. I think there's also this, this perpetual struggle with terminal uniqueness <laughs> that we have. And I, I've definitely gone through that a lot as an artist. Like I have to be the only one who's been through this, 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 or else, you know, it'll be taken from me. And it's just mm-hmm. humans don't function that way. Like maybe you're the edgiest Lord in the world and, you know, you are kept in a secret dungeon in another universe that I don't know about, but like, like literally like by, by alien Lords and, <laughs> Like maybe you are a sci-fi hero, but for the most part, I think what actually is successful is just your take on something that is generally actually accessible to human beings, which is how they feel. Mm, so good. All right. So we got foundation step number one, really kind of about <laughs> drilling into the why, the motivation, what's, you know, what's this all about? And what would you say is like the next big step or the next big phase from there? Next big step was putting together all of my contacts from my entire life, essentially, and and putting them together onto a big spreadsheet, organizing those contacts by who I knew well, who was just an acquaintance, who I, you know, didn't really know at all. I just had their name and, you know. So just kind of organizing people and, and writing little notes to myself of like, oh, this is how I know this person. This is, you know, a memory I have of this person, that kind of thing. And yeah, I would say that was step two is really mm-hmm. going through everybody that I know on not just email is a big thing. Like if you have an email list, obviously you want, you really want to utilize that and you want to go through that email list and, re- and figure out what each person means to you. And then also literally through your own personal email. Like I did that. I have, you know, like most of us, I have five different email accounts and I went through all of them and saved all of the contacts that I had on there and and added them to that. And then I also went through my social media and looked through a lot of people on there and just kind of tried to remember. It's really about personalization. 
the process that I used, which again, you know, credit to Melissa Center and the Kickstarter guy, because they really introduced me to this and, and this whole concept. And so really I was just riffing on, on their, <laughs> on their script, you know? And yeah, that was, that was the second step is organizing people. Mm, super smart. Yeah. It's, I've seen this visualized in a few different ways, but just sort of this idea of like these concentric circles around, you know, like where you are at like the center of this circle. And then there's like concentric circles of like kind of the people who are the closest, the closest to you. And and a lot of times those people tend to be like our family or like our parents, these people who are like, like so, so close to this concentric circle of what does it mean? Like, you know, what makes you, you? and kind of going outwards from there. And it does seem like, especially with crowdfunding campaigns, that a lot of times like that concentric circle, right? Like the people who are the closest to you, those are the ones who, you know, that really want you to succeed and really want to support you. A lot of times, not not everyone. I mean, a lot of times people have very difficult relationships with their, <laughs> their parents and whatnot. But, but also I think it makes a lot of sense in terms of the way that you know, we've organized the street team software and that we're really starting to lean into this this kind of way to create an inner circle and kind of to break down these different tiers of of your community based on engagement and just based on who cares the most, most supportive. So you could have this just kind of provided to you on a silver platter. I'm really excited, like, you know, a few months from now, we're, right now we're kind of adding in all this functionality with lookalike audiences and, and kind of creating these these automated segments. But I'm just imagining like for, for you and for any any artists who are kind of going through this process, having that kind of hand-delivered segment of the audience saying like, hey, here's your top 5% of people in your inner circle that really care and really support you financially and just through engagement and actually like, you know, show up. It'd be pretty cool. But it sounds like that's kind of like the next step is just organizing, creating a big database, a big spreadsheet of all these these contacts and, and thinking through notes for maybe like like memories or specific like moments that you can you can bring up. What does the process look like a little bit more of like that reach out process? Because I, I think probably the biggest fear or concern for a lot of people is how do I reach out in a way <laughs> that doesn't feel like uh, like I'm like nagging or annoying someone, but is in a way that where, you know, that, yeah, it doesn't make me look bad. Basically, like people are so afraid of, you know, kind of coming across as desperate or greedy or you're being vulnerable in that way. So, you know, how, how do they overcome that? Well, I would say we're actually skipping a step. Mm. Um, so I will get to that, but I would say that's more the what are we at? Yeah, we're at step number two. Yeah, let's get <clears throat> step, step, step number three. The third step is getting a team together. So that would be going out to the people who you think are your biggest fans, going out to people who you think just really care about your career, going out to people who are collaborating with you on this project who have a stake in it as well. Mm and saying, hey, would you be willing to be a part of my outreach team? It's going to be like an hour of work a day. But for that, I can offer you these things. So for that, for instance, I offered people like an executive producer credits on my music videos, which my music videos are a massive part of my calling card because I make them myself and they're really artistic and, and high concept. So that's, that's a big deal. You know, it takes 
years and years and years and a lot of money for people to get an executive producer credit on, on, you know, art that's going to be seen. And so that was sort of my way. And also just, you know, obviously you'll be, you'll be credited and, you know, have my eternal gratitude and get to be a part of making this, this artwork happen. And, you know, thank you on the album and, and all of these things. So just essentially making it really worth their time and yeah, just offering people things that I thought would be really exciting to them. And that I knew like to myself to be really valuable. That was the thing is like I had to believe those things are really valuable in order to have their time. And essentially they did the same thing. Then they went through all of their contacts. I said, can you do this? You know, can you copy my process, go through your contacts, organize mm-hmm. list. We'll all be on a Google drive together and we'll all have our lists there. And, you know, we'll kind of go through this process together. Mm-hmm. So that was the, the third step. Yeah. That, that's super smart. Yeah. Cause yeah, at that point, you're building a team of people who are, you know, invested and bought in and are helping to promote it, you know, at, at the same time, which like creates more ownership over it. Super cool. And so the people that you built the team around, were those the same people that were like, like walk me through the breakdown of, of those people and the people who, you know, ended up being the kind of the core supporters of the Kickstarter campaign, were they like largely over overlapping or did, did you find like the majority of supporters was also part of that core group or was it mostly, you know, people that everyone reached out to or? It was mostly people that everyone reached out to. I had one, one person on my core team who gave a good chunk, you know, but I mean, for the most part, people who gave were people that I and my core team reached out to for sure. Cool. And so the people who are part of this core team, then would you say that those were kind of like part of your inner circle, like fan base for the most part or yeah. 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 I had several people who were part of my inner circle and my, my, you know, most dedicated fan base. Absolutely. I had a couple, let's see, I remember everyone who was on my core team. Yeah, I mean, it was almost entirely fans. And then a couple people who are just like really good friends. I had one family member. I had, you know, people who were just really interested in, in seeing me succeed. Mm. Cool. That, that's awesome. Okay, so now we've, we've gotten through step number three, kind of moving on to step number four, which is that, <laughs> that part about the actual reach out and, yeah. and maybe the fear or the concern around like, how to, like what, do I, what do I say? What's the right thing so that I don't come across in the wrong way? Uh, any thoughts or advice when it comes to that? Yeah, I would say, I mean, I, I would echo what I said in the beginning, which is just be really genuine. And I, for instance, like, you know, I don't have a massive following on social media. I have you know, it's around like 12K, but that's enough for me to get a ton of messages from people asking me for stuff. And the thing that I had noticed was when people just sent me a link, it really turned me off. People just sent me a link with no context or just said like, yo, check this out. Yo, support me. I was like, okay, that's really, it's like kind of abrasive to me, especially in a world where we're so inundated all the time. Meanwhile, the couple of people I knew, and it could be people that I didn't know very well, or oftentimes I've been, I've had people reach out to me, I didn't know at all, who just had a personal message attached. And it was really gracious. 
And that's what I always responded to. So for me, when somebody says, hey, like this is really important to me, it would mean a lot to me if you would check this out and it would make a big difference. That's what, that's what reaches me. So that's what I used in my, in my outreach, which was essentially like, hey, I put my heart and soul into this. I have this big goal. This is what it's about. If you could take the time to check this out, share, like sharing on social media makes a big difference. And then if you, if you can donate, it would mean the world to me. And that's, that's pretty much, it was fairly short and sweet with a couple, you know, you want to throw in a couple selling points. Like I, my albums being produced by a pretty big producer, things like that. You know, I have a couple, couple accolades or what have you that, you know, you might want to throw in there just to show people that you're legit. But for the most part, it was just the messaging and being very genuine in the sense of being like, Hey, this is what I need. It would mean a lot to me if you could help. Mm. Man, isn't it crazy how like just being genuine and being honest and, and vulnerable is like the thing that, that – and what's so funny too is that how much easier is it to be that way than it is to have to like come up with an elaborate like super produced like way to you know, to express yourself, right? Like, like it almost just takes – it's almost – it's like counterintuitively way easier – to do it that way than it is to try to create some sort of impression and be someone that you're not. Exactly. It's sort of the opposite of the traditional sales mentality, which to me comes off always a little bit scummy of just like, Hey, this is what we have. This is what we have. This is what we have. You know, we're amazing. Jump in on this. If you don't want to miss out, like it's kind of the opposite. It's like, Hey, this is where I'm coming from. I'd love for you to be a part of it. Cool. All right. So we've got step one through four. Is there a step five or do you feel like that, that kind of pretty well covers it? I would say step four sort of culminates in the fact that I prepped, I wrote personalized emails to the people on my list. I wrote thousands of personalized emails and social media messages. So, and I had those prepped to hit send on day one. So that was a big, big part of the outreach. And, and that's what I used my notes for. I was like, hey, you know, talking, just checking in with them based on what I remembered about them. Um, and then for the people who I couldn't remember, I just sort of had on my email list because like, I'm not going to fake knowing, knowing who they are. So a couple thousand people just got like pretty standard, standard ones. So people I could remember got, you know, more personalized um, and when you say like, because, because obviously there's like a pattern behind it. So it's like, it's not like every single email is gonna be completely like, you know, totally like, you know, like there's like sort of has like a core structure to it. Right. But then it sounds like a big part of it was creating personalization and creating kind of customization along with that. So how did you kind of fit that in that, like in, in terms of that overall structure of reaching out? I just sort of opened the email with it. Just being like, Hey, blank. Nice to see you at the <laughs> at the orgy last year. 
I was wondering where you're going to go. I thought you said crack up before you said. <laughs> totally kidding. No, I mean, you know, whatever. It's nice to see. Nice Those to people, see you. they they show up for the for the crowdfunding campaigns. <laughs> they they donate. That's that's the new the new strategy. Just go to oh, as many no. orgies as possible. <laughs> Make a contact list. <laughs> oh man. No, it was like, hey, I haven't seen you since my show a couple years ago, but I really appreciate it that you showed up, you know, hope all is well with you and then just go right into it. Mm. Awesome. That's so good. So with that, is there like a step five you think that kind of comes after or maybe what, what does that look like? Yeah, I mean, step five is sort of maintenance, which is a lot of work, which is, you know, you keep following up with people personally throughout the campaign. Um, you keep making it interesting for them. Like every week kind of have something new to talk about. We, hey, we reached this goal. If we get to this, then I can do this. If we get to this then I can do this, you know, make it really exciting. And, and, you know, so you're just not sending the same correspondence over and over, you know, you want kind of different things to say each week, posting a ton on social media, having your team post a ton on social media and follow up with their contacts. And for me, the thing that was really effective was texts and phone calls, actually, for people, uh, especially like personal contacts of just like reaching out personally. And it's same, same vibe, just being like, hey, I know you're super busy. If, you know, no pressure. I just want to let you know, this is what I'm working on. If you haven't seen it yet, it would mean a lot to me if you could check it out. And, you know, at the very least, just share. That would make a huge difference. And yeah, reaching out to people that way, because people are so busy. They have so much going on. And everyone's getting asked to do a hundred things, you know, I, you donate to one political campaign. Like I've donated to the Democrats like four times a year and I get 500 emails. <laughs> and I'm like, I know I'm trying to, I'm trying to help, you know? So it's that kind of thing of just reminding people gently that it's there and that you would appreciate it. But regardless, it's nice to talk to them kind of thing. Hmm. That's great. Yeah. And, and it seems like, one one thing that you brought up a couple of times is always including the piece where one is like you reach out and you're saying hey like there's no pressure here but you know it, I, even just like sharing on social media is something that's that's really helpful so almost like giving them something that's that they can do for free without supporting which i mean for a lot of people i think you know if they are deciding between that versus like supporting you like you know it's 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 a nice option to give them while I think for a lot of people, you know, they would rather support, <laughs> support you and actually be a part of the campaign mm-hmm. than you know, go through and, you know, and post about it. But some might, might do both as, as well, of course, but it just seems like that's a smart thing to, to add on to each of the reach outs. Yeah, absolutely. And then, you know, another great thing is if you have anyone, if you find anyone who's willing to put in like a chunk of money, like, in the thousands, um, you can use that as a match week um, of being like, hey, if we get this many new donors this week, then this person will put in five grand. Or if, if it could literally even just be a dollar that you put in, which is like any amount counts. We just mm-hmm. need 100 or 200 people to put in money this week. That was wow. really, really helpful, really effective because most people aren't just going to put in a dollar, you know, I mean, some people only have that and that still makes a big difference because obviously then you get the match. Um, cause you've made that deal with, with the, with the donor. Cause there are people who are super into investing into this kind of thing. And they just want to see that 
which as well. So that was another thing I did is before my campaign, I, I kind of reached out to some people I knew who had money and was like, hey, would you be willing to do this if this, that kind of thing. Mm. And because people want like a reason to do it, you know? Mm. So yeah. And then I guess it was probably more, what are we on? We're on six now, five. Yeah, I think we just wrapped up number five. Okay, I'm going to say six because six is follow-up. You want to make sure to thank everybody and follow up personally and obviously fulfill your your perks because that's what how Kickstarter works is people get a certain amount of things. And that, that's, a, that's a lot of work, <laughs> getting, getting stuff out to people. But, and I kind of struggled with that in the beginning of being like, oh, I have to provide so many physical items in order to make this worth it. And then- um, I was reminded by, by Melissa, just look, it's really more about the art. People are, are here to celebrate and enjoy and be a part of the art. So I was able to, that's more what my purpose were about. Yeah. That's, that's so smart too. Cause that seems like that's probably one of the biggest mistakes or biggest challenges is that if it, if there's sort of a feeling of fear around being, being enough or like the art being good enough or, or whatnot, then that, that we might almost try to like fill that gap with all the stuff and be like, make, make it like all about the stuff and like, Oh, like you're going to get X, Y, Z, X, Y, Z and all this stuff. When really it's more about someone wanting to be a part of the project and support you and, and be a part of the artwork. And it's going to save you a ton of time and energy, you know, compared to fulfilling like a lot of like an overwhelm of, of stuff. That's great. So, so it sounds like, you know, the last step number six is, is really fulfillment and really reaching out and also thanking people personally. I remember I got a, a really nice message from you, Savannah. I was like, oh, that's, that's nice. You know, and, and you don't, and the, the beautiful thing about that too, is that it's so rare in today's, you know, kind of society or just in general, like as, as humans, like we tend to be pretty selfish creatures for the most part. <laughs> this yeah. is like kind of part of our genetics and it's very rare that someone just kind of reaches out when they don't have to just to say thank you <laughs> like i appreciate you and uh, it feels great to receive a message like that it also feels great to give out messages like that when when you do it so it seems like a, a really smart thing to do from day one is just kind of having that built in and knowing that like you know that you're you're going to be actually making that a part of it of thanking and, and expressing gratitude yeah absolutely and i think it also, like, you never know when you might want to launch another one, you know, it just, it's, look, I'm with Richard Dawkins. I don't know that pure, I don't know that people give for nothing, you know, my, <laughs> my, my motives behind it weren't unselfish, you know. The I selfish was like, gene, I, is that what Richard, is that someone else, Richard exactly, Dawkins? Exactly, yeah, Richard yeah. Dawkins, you know, that altru that pure altruism doesn't actually exist, that there's always some motivation behind it. And, and that's true. Like my motivation behind it was one, I wanted to, like, I wanted to feel like I had given people something, you know, I wanted to feel accomplished. I was like, I want to feel good. Like I gave people something and assured them. I wanted people to, and then also I wanted to just continue to have great relationships with people. Like I love having people in my life. That's a big thing for me. And, you know, also it's, it's good business. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I think we're, we're all selfish creatures and, and so we all act selfishly, but our selfish actions are like almost entirely driven by what do we identify with? Like what, what do we identify as, as ourselves? And for some of us, we have a very kind of group uh, community that we're part of. That's what, that our identity is like, we're, we are 
Americans, like America, you know, or, you know, we are X, Y, Z or X, Y, like, but really like our behavior is very selfish in whatever it is that we identify as ourself, which, yeah, I, I think means that, you know, if we can really come together and kind of and recognize the interconnectedness between everything and realize that like truly like our greatest self is, you know, one being with everyone and, and that we're all connected, then that is a way that we can act selfishly. But by acting selfishly, like there's only one, like it's, it benefits all of us. Okay. I'm going to pull myself off there because there's way too much around. <laughs> no, around no I think, I, I think you're totally right. I mean, it, look, doing something kind, like there's always some part of you that wants to do that because it makes you feel good. And I don't think that's bad. Like I've never regretted just doing something kind, even if the person has totally fucked me over, which isn't to say that I don't advocate for myself and I don't draw boundaries. It's just saying, you know, an initial kindness out of faith is it feels really good. (laughs) And that's great. Yeah, absolutely. All right, Savannah. So this has been awesome. Thank you so much for for coming on here and, and sharing your journey. Congratulations again. Like I'm just Thank so you. proud of you. Like you deserve it. And it's just so awesome to to see what you've accomplished over the last few years. And this crowdfunding campaign is just like a you know really a culmination. I think of of who you are and the, the work and your artwork what you put into it. So it's it's really awesome to see it. You know, really creating these ripple effects. And the last question last question for you is if you had to. Let's let's kind of go back to when we first uh, connected or maybe even like earlier, like when you're starting out in your music career, if you could kind of go back now and give yourself one piece of advice based on what you know now that you wish you knew back then, what would that advice be? One thing is just, just do it. I think there was a lot of procrastination on my part early on in my career is so just do it. Don't worry about it being perfect. Just, just mm. make it and you'll be able to refine it. Mm. And secondly, yeah, I think probably what I said before is don't wait until you feel confident enough to put it out there. Sometimes you're really not ready. Like you're not ready to put something out there and that's, that's okay. Like it doesn't feel safe for you. But if it does feel like it's something that you can be vulnerable about, then I'd say it's worth taking taking the leap. Mm. That's so good. Yeah, I think that that's that's one of the most uh, powerful lessons that um, anyone can learn is that it's okay to not be perfect and just to, like get started, put yourself out there, and you'll learn as you go. You don't have to be perfect. You don't have to pretend to be perfect. And that's a great way to sort of counter that fear that we all have around, you know, being good enough or putting it or potentially failing and recognizing that, you know, it's failure isn't like a permanent thing. So yeah, great, great advice. Savannah, you're awesome. (laughs) Thank you again for coming on here. It's great, great connecting with you. And we'll put in the show notes, we'll put like links to your music and everything so people can go check it out. You totally should. The videos too, like that's that adds up. That adds up now that you say that like you actually produce those yourself. That's incredible. Thank and you. and they're just really well well put together. They're it's a great piece of art. So I highly recommend everyone go check it out. And uh, yeah, Savannah, I'll talk to you again soon. All right, rock on. Thank you, Michael. And thanks for, you know, teaching me so many, so many wonderful things. It's been it's been quite a journey. It's been really cool. Yeah. <laughs> hey, it's Michael here. 
I hope that you got a ton of value out of this episode. Make sure to check out the show notes to learn more about our guest today. And if you want to support the podcast, then there's a few ways to help us grow. First, if you hit subscribe, then that'll make sure you don't miss a new episode. Secondly, if you share it with your friends or on your social media, tag us. That, that really helps us out. And third, uh, best of all, if you leave us an honest review, it's going to help us reach more musicians like you who want to take their music careers to the next level. The time to be a modern musician is now, and I look forward to seeing you on our next episode.